Welcome to a new episode of Ready to Launch, a special series on entrepreneurship in the Middle East and North Africa region, a collaboration between Riyada, a Wilson Center podcast, and the straight-up startup with Raja Isahouri from Amman, Jordan. I'm Marissa Khurma, your co-host and director of the Middle East program at the Wilson Center. Today, we zoom into the entrepreneurship ecosystem in Jordan and explore how women fare in that ecosystem. Do they face more barriers because of their gender? Are there policies in place to facilitate access to finance for women or mentorship programs to help them start a business and hence grow it? We're truly honored to be talking to Reem Badran today, a Jordanian trailblazer who recently won a prestigious award as one of the world's most successful women in business a few weeks ago from the International Women's Entrepreneurship Challenge Foundation here in the United States. Reem was also a member of parliament and was elected um, to the board of the Amman Chamber of Commerce in 2009 and and 2013, becoming the first and only woman in Jordan to be elected for that post since 1923. Reem, thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for your time. Welcome. Thank you so much, and thank you for the invitation. Appreciate it. So, Reem, um, you're an economist. You also served in parliament, and you've been in the business world for a very long time. Um, I'm sure you have um, a very rich story to tell about how it all started and how you got to where you are today. So we're very curious to learn about your journey. What, um, what is it that drew you to the world of business in the first place? And um, how did you get to where you are today? Um, thank you for this. Um, I think like uh, women internationally, they face challenges and they vary from one area to the other, from one country to the other. Even within the country, sometimes from one city to the other, and I would say from the capital to the other, um, other cities within the country as well, at least in Jordan. Um, I started my career, um, I used to work in commercial banks, and uh, I used to live in Washington, D.C. Um, also, um, I worked for a, a short period of time as a consultant with the World Bank, and from there I looked at the economies of the Middle East region. And when I came back to Jordan, I joined the government uh, for 10 years, and I was the head of the Jordan Investment Board or Commission. Um, and then I said, this is the time for me. Jordan was really ready to expand on the private sector activities and welcoming also women activities in terms of the policies, in terms of the opportunities that were available. So uh, uh, later on, after 10 years, I moved to the private sector and I was a CEO and board member of one of the largest investment uh, companies in Jordan in infrastructure and facility management activities. And it was really there when I got to know more about the private sector businesses. Before, I was more involved in the government policies and networking and inviting people to come to do business in Jordan. And later on, I joined the private sector. So I was on the other side of the coin, say. I stayed in the private sector for about five years. And then um, I said, um, you know, there were certain issues that I was not really very happy with in terms of things could be really done in a better way. And I decided um, to join uh, and to run for the Chamber of Commerce. That was in 2009. And it was for me a total shift 
as well in my career because I just decided to start my own company and I decided to be part of the Chamber of Commerce. So that was really too much for me to handle. Uh, uh, that was in 2009. Uh, my company that I started because I thought I had good experience, good network in Jordan and in the region about businesses and how they work and, uh, uh, from the, the, uh, the government point of view and also from the private sector point of view about the built operate transfer um, you know, activities, the BEO kind of fields in terms of the infrastructure projects, um, how to develop a, a, a project and how really to bid for projects. So it was really an intense experience that I got. And I thought because we really went through a lot of challenges in our business, and I did see the, some of the laws uh, that were really not properly put in place. I thought I should uh, um, not only uh, establish my own company uh, to help in doing this, but also be part of the decision-making system. And uh, I decided to run for the Chamber of Commerce. And then the, 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 the parliament was on hold for a while. So um, I ran for elections uh, at the Chamber of Commerce 2009. And it was a big challenge for me. I remember then people were asking, you're a woman, why do you want to run for the Chamber? It's only for men. Uh, honestly, they were really, uh, wow. this is what they really thought. Honestly, I mean, I heard this like every single day. Um, wow. Are you sure you want to run for this? I mean, it's, I'm not saying that they don't want women to be there, but they're not accustomed. And they did not see at all a woman being there. So it was a shock for them. Why do you want to be at the chamber? I said, because it's my right. I have a company like you do. Yeah. And I see challenges that I can have hopefully an impact on. So I need to be within that circle. Um, and uh, other people said, uh, you're a very senior person. Now, if you go there and you fail, it's not good for reputation. I said, well, I will take my wow. chance. You know, it's always winning or losing. And even if I lose, it's not a big loss. It's my first time. You know, usually men lose first and second and third time. You don't say this to men. Why would exactly. you say this to me? So I ran. And I remember I did work like uh, twice or three times as much as my colleagues. And I had really, because we went in a, you know, like what you call it, a block. Um, mm -hmm. I really had big support from my colleagues within the block. They really believed that I can make it. But I had to work double what they used to do because I used to go out with them to rally and to talk to people about, you know, um, you know the program and what we believe in. And then I have to go for another round alone, uh, you know, by myself to meet with the uh, um you know, the, the members of commerce in the country, uh, in Amman areas, as a matter of fact, and, you know, let them believe that I can be of help. And when election time came, I was honestly uh, really shocked because whoever went to the, the, the halls and voted used to come out and say, I voted for you because you did that for me when I, you were in the government or you did this for me. And people I don't know. So I was, I said, that real? I mean, if the you know the, the the calculation would be right, I will be getting a lot of you know high voting for, for me then. Right. So when the results were out, I got the highest votes amongst all the you know uh, the men, uh, not just within my block, but also amongst others as well. Wow! I was really happy and thrilled. It was really um, not just good for me, and it just was good for women. I thought I said we can do it. Then you know, if absolutely. I can do it, I'm sure that others can do it. I was really, really happy. So, um, and and then um, 2010, um, the parliament, uh, um, you know, announcing you know the, the country announcing that the, the, there will be elections in the parliament. 
Um, and then I remember when we were at the Chamber of Commerce, we had the tax law, um, the, you know, for discussion. And uh, the government did not listen then to our uh, concerns as Chamber of Commerce. So we had big studies and, uh, you know, uh, we did uh, advocate a lot for certain articles within the law, but the government did not listen for the Chamber. So I thought the best place to be to for the you know to do it is to be within so I would say the kitchen, which is the parliament. So 2010, Correct. when um, the elections were announced, I decided to run for the to be a member of the parliament. But triggered it actually was a tax law. Um, so I ran for elections, and that was the first time ever for me to run for elections as member of parliament uh, within an area where they call it the third district. Um, which is really a tough area. It's at the heart of Amman, where you know all the focus is on you know media, politicians, uh, people. Everybody look at this area, which is the third district. It was a very challenging uh, um, you know competition, um, and um, also then I did run on my own. Um, you know, no blocks, no nothing. So it wasn't easy to go and enter this field, and uh, you know. Being the first time going through this kind of election, it wasn't easy for me to know what is right, what is wrong. But I really worked hard and had an excellent group with me, a sort of you know family and friends who used to help me. And um, as well, I got um, also very very high votes. That was also the highest within the third district as well. And I would say that what helped me is when I served in the government previously, and then later on within the chamber. Uh, people did see that, um, you know, I can make a difference and I have an impact. And if I believe in something uh, that I want to do, um, I will fight for it. I wouldn't say that I will be able to succeed, but at least I will fight to be able to, will to try. do the difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, um, um, so, so, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I don't want to uh, cut you off. I mean, there's uh, so much there that uh, that you said that um, got me thinking about so many different questions. But uh, needless to say, um, congratulations on all the different milestones. Um, I think one th- one theme that runs through is your commitment to finding the best spot to change um, or address the challenges or lift the barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, barriers that you yourself also faced um, in the capital, right? In Amman, in the heart of Amman. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and I was wondering, what are some of the barriers that you still see in place, um, for, particularly for women who want to start their own business? From your experience talking to other women um, and working with others as well. Yeah. You know, there's so many challenges that women will face. Uh, definitely, the most important one is culture. Uh, we can talk about culture, and on the other hand, we can talk about the legal side as well, and also the, the um, support, financial support um, for the businesses. Now, in terms of the um, cultural kind of challenge, um, still in our community, um, I would say in the region, I travel a lot in the region as well, but let's take our discussion here on Jordan. Uh, still in terms of the culture, it's not easy for women to to be able to penetrate the, the business community. And what I say here is not just, not just the startup, but also if you want to expand, if you want to uh, really grow uh, in your business. Um, it takes a while for people to believe in a woman 
that she can really be able to do a successful business. Um, if you want to go and get finance uh, financing from a bank, commercial bank, um, you need to prove uh, more that this business is viable and can uh, succeed. Uh, whereas it's much easier for um, you know male to to be to do that. Plus, if you need collateral uh, in our society, usually um, only less than eleven percent of women have uh, you know uh, assets. Assets. So if yeah. you want to have. Yeah, if you want to have collateral, it's much easier for the male rather than the female. So in terms of having financial access um, within the um, within the services here, commercial services here in the country, it's much easier for men than women to have access to financial support and financial services. So this is one. On the other hand, in terms of the legal aspects as well, there are so many um, in articles within different laws like labor law, um, social security law, uh, civil law, and, and many others as well. Um, if you read them, you know, not thoroughly, you would assume they're fair. But once you go and, uh, you know, work, you will really be uh, bombarded with several articles that will um, make it difficult for you to uh, excel in your business. And you will focus in issues, minor issues that were supposed to be dealt in a different way. And it's a bottleneck for you to be able to grow or to start a business as a matter of fact. So, um, but I would say that number one issue is the cultural issues. And uh, this does, does take time in terms of the community to be able to believe that women can do work. And I do mentoring uh, for a few girls in Jordan, very smart, really, really smart girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, I mean, one of them actually, she's, she does develop apps in education. Um, she, I mean, I, I believe that in a few years' time, she will be one of the, you know, the well-known uh, businesses in the country or maybe in the neighborhood as well. Uh, but also herself now these days, she's facing issues related to, you know, her herself being a female um, in terms of, you know, accessing, uh, uh, you know, the male community, um, having direct meetings. And uh, let's be frank, in terms of a lot of business being done in terms of networking and outside the, the boardroom, you know. Yeah. And women it's are not all available male. there. Right. It's all male. Right. If you go to like cafes or restaurants or uh, social activities, um, you know, where, that's mostly where the, you know, the core of the business is being done. Mostly females are outside of these circles, um, you know, that's part of the culture, I would say. Um, so uh, if you're not there, you would be excluded from being able to develop your business. If you want to, you know, have, uh, you know, more funding for your business, you have to go to the office and discuss it with them to be able to get more funding. Um, if of you course. were a male, you might bombard them with a cafe or maybe evening activity that's all men or in a jaha or whatever. So yeah. that's actually, honestly, that's where the business is being done. And uh, women are excluded from these circles. And I would say that's really affecting you know, And, and uh, most of the, if you look at the conferences that happen in the country, um, uh, workshops, um, you would see a lot of them, like 80% of them are men and uh, um, women are a minority. So it's if you cannot network, how would you really expand? I mean, you cannot really network women within women. That's not enough because the community, yeah. business community is very limited over there. Absolutely. You have to be with men to be able to develop your work. And uh, socially, this is really, there's a limitation over there. But still, I think, um, although this is a challenge, 
that has been a little bit different now with uh, you know COVID being around. Um, a lot of the meetings were done online, so this is you know it's not a restriction for women to be there. Although uh, directly, women were affected during the COVID period, of course. But uh, on the other hand, if, if I want to look at the positive side of uh, of this in terms of the business. Uh, because we have the, uh, um, the you know the Zoom activities and the online kind of meetings, yeah. this gave uh, more room for you know female businesswomen to be uh, more seen, uh, and I did see that in some of the um, conferences that we had uh, online. Um, a lot of them, you know, women were active and uh, were over there. So uh, that was, I would say, one of the. It's maybe the only maybe positive thing that happened to women during yeah, yeah. that during the pandemic. Yeah, we've heard that a lot um, from um, in in other settings as well, including here in the United States. Um, it's not all that different in terms of the networking. There are more women in the workforce, but in terms of women in business, um, it is growing. But the networking component that you mention is is key. I, I want to um, go back to something that you said earlier because it it is connected to this you know sociocultural component that you highlighted. You said many many people asked you why are you running for the Amman Chamber Chamber of Commerce and you said that they did not necessarily not want you there but they were surprised. Does that yep. mean that that it's just a matter of not seeing enough women taking that step um, and thus people are not used to more and more women in those settings? Or is there an uh, is there sort of just a general lack of acceptance for women to be in these boardrooms to begin with? It's both, actually. Um, when I ran the first time, um, I did hear this very often. As you said in your introduction, since uh, 1923, when the chamber was established, no woman ran for elections in the country. I wouldn't say won, but even ran for the elections in the Chamber of Commerce. So when I ran in 2009, that was, you know, people are not used to see any woman running for their soul. Um, so for them, that was, I mean, they didn't know that women can run even. Um, now, because I ran and I won, the second round, um, I had others who also ran for elections for the chamber, uh, but they could not make it. Now, I stayed there until 2019, uh, almost 10 years. And then I said, uh, um, I don't want to run for elections uh, for the chamber for this term, at least, to, you know, just to, to take a break for a while. I, and I did support other women to run for elections. Unfortunately, they, could, they did not make it. But on the other hand, uh, when I ran for elections, when I announced in 2009, uh, you know, we have elections for the Chamber of Commerce and we have for the Chamber of Industry. That's a separate chamber. Um, and I, I remember when I announced that I will uh, be running and I won, uh, other women did were encouraged. And we have several women, uh, very capable actually, who ran for elections for the Chamber of Industry. And several of them won. And they really oh, had wonderful. a great... Absolutely. And they have a great impact on the chamber. Uh, they have excellent experience. They have a big say uh, on the table. And uh, um, we, I'm very proud, and I'm sure the chamber of industry is very proud of having them, not just as women, but as, as the experience also that they uh, uh, they have as well. Uh, but in terms of chamber of uh, commerce, it's the challenge is a bit different there. You know, the 
commerce uh, and traders, we're talking about like 55,000 uh, companies, whereas in industry is 1,200. So it's a little bit more direct over there to go and talk to people, whereas the, the commerce, you know, it's like very public, very open. You don't know where to start. Um, you're talking about different kinds of peers, uh, starting with the, you know, the, the Arab bank to a small uh, um, shop or small trader downtown. So it's it really varies uh, and it's wide spectrum in terms of the activities over there. But I do hope, I mean, we were talking uh, and I did present to my colleagues on the chamber when I was on the board to introduce a quota um, for the chamber to have women uh, on the board. And I was... People who did reject right. it on the table, say, my colleagues. Uh, I said, why? I said, you, you didn't make it. Others can. I said, I mean, one is not really a trend. You know, a trend is having several Correct. people on the board. Uh, so uh, they don't want quota, and they don't want it for several reasons. One of them, because if you do have a quota, that means one man less on the table, and they don't want that. And on the other hand, still some people don't believe that women uh, should have... Uh, uh, you know, a stake in terms of the business. So it's really both. Um, so uh, it's yeah. not, they are much used to components. it. One. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and it's not easy actually to be surrounded with men, but I was at the chamber. Um, I, mean, uh, I mean, I was a deputy chair for the Chamber of Commerce, Jordan, Amman, and for Jordan as well. And for Jordan Chamber of Commerce, uh, you're talking about 30 members, and I was the only female around the table with them. You know, wow. members were from all governments. And for them, at some point, it, it was a challenge for them to deal with a female with them on the table. I'm uh, sure. They're not used to. They're not used to. Uh, so I truly wish that we had more women. It would be easier for me as well, you know, to, to present issues uh, and discuss issues. And uh, Absolutely. I mean, they, do respect, they do respect the women on the table, but it's not easy to present and to advocate and to fight for issues and to have members uh, agree on the, on the suggestions. Um, so, uh, you know, sometimes you feel lonely, you know, you want more. And even when I travel, and there's a lot of traveling within the chambers, I'm always uh, the only woman. And if we have two, um, you know, delegations, one to one country and one to the other, if I go to one country, um, the other country will have no female on, on the uh, yeah, delegation. Yeah, there's only so one. Zero. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, t in terms of image, it's not nice, honestly. So I kept saying, so you have to work harder to get more women on the table. Uh, you, you don't have only, you don't have to have only one person. So I cannot do it all. But I Absolutely. say I did, I did work a lot into establishing what is called like women committee. Um, and also uh, supported uh, the women in the uh, business community as well. Um, in terms of the meetings that used to have and the conferences, the workshops, uh, delegations outside of the country, and also once receiving delegations to the country, I always invite the women in the business community, um, you know, uh, to be to be there because they're really good. Uh, they have an excellent business that they can offer, and uh, uh, it's not just the image uh, I'm worried about. It's also that they can really do good in terms of expanding their business and providing. Um, you know, um, advice to others as well. More ideas, but I, absolutely, absolutely. But if I, but I know that um, if I'm not, uh, um, I'm not there now. It's much less uh, having women involvement in the chamber, and I know now they're working into having a committee, a uh, women committee on the chamber. That's I think this is very good. 
Um, I hope they will announce it soon because that will have uh, you know more involvement Big of impact. women activities. When that yes, absolutely. It doesn't look right to have only men uh, on the first row wherever you go. It's really not nice. I, I, I hate it honestly. I mean, yeah. there, like you said, the uh, the the experience that women bring, um, uh, they're probably not not used to seeing them as professionals, um, and that goes back to the cultural mindset and how roles are gendered in society. Um, but and and that also affects women's access to finance. Um, you mentioned that that is also one of the uh, main barriers. Uh, particularly when it comes to collateral and and um, a very disconcerting data point that um, only about 11% actually have assets. Um, why do you think that's the case um, in Jordan? Um, you know, most of the assets uh, here in the country is inher- being inherited. So uh, once you get the inheritance, um, you know, men, they prefer that they give cash to their sisters or to daughters rather than um, assets. And they would like to keep this within the male uh, groups, male family members. So that's why females are left out with no assets. Um, that's mostly the reasoning uh, behind this. So uh, I, this is, I mean, and also women accept this. Um, so we need to have more awareness of uh, you know because usually it has to do with a lot of with inheritance not the law but the you know the, the yeah, applicability app- of it applic- yeah applications of of uh, this is the fact the reality that we are facing um and also i would imagine that some of the um, commercial banks in the country uh, they do have windows uh, for supporting smes and entrepreneurs of, of women activities uh, but there are only few banks and i would imagine that if we have more Bank that would help and invite uh, female members to come and uh, you know open accounts, uh, have savings, do business. Um, that will also make a difference as well. Um, you know, uh, some some people say that if you have special uh, paragraph um, or promotional activity in a pamphlet or uh, in an advertisement for any kind of activity, like within the government or a commercial bank, saying that women are invited. They will say, ah, oh, you're biased against, you know, the others. Um, I don't see it at all like this. I would say that you were just emphasizing that because women, some of, some of them are shy. Um, so you would welcome them to come over and uh, invite yeah. them to do this It's an kind encouragement. Of exactly. It's not being biased or discrimination against the others. It's like, just invite them. You're not giving them anything extra. It's just a phrase uh, being said. So sometimes uh, women are shy to go within also the male community, whether a bank yeah. or a commercial activity, or to go to the government, you know, like the tax department, companies department as well, um, companies uh, law department. So it's really, it's it's uh, because e- even women are not used to it as well. Um, so they leave it to the men to do this kind of procedural activity within the businesses if they have a business at all. So in terms of the, let's say, registration of a business, uh, a woman would rather have a man do the registration on her behalf? It's uh, actually, um, we did a study once because we said uh, within the Chamber of Commerce, as I said, we have about 55,000 members. So I looked at the numbers, uh, 6% of them were women. That was 
few years back, not recent numbers, but it's an indication, it's only 6%. But out of the 6%, some of the 6% were actually male uh, company, uh, practically a male-owned company, but registered in the name of his wife or daughter or whatever, uh, because they cannot register it themselves for certain reasons. Or it's a um, you know, woman-run company, but she has her husband or brother uh, registered under his name, so he can really follow up with the um, government procedures. So this is a bottleneck, actually, and I would say truly one of the things that should be done. I wouldn't say a window for uh, for women, but a window for entrepreneurs, and to have you know um, you know easier uh, procedures, uh, fast registration. Uh, yeah, not just registration, whether in taxes, whether in customs, whether registration right. of the company. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It will be inviting. It will be. It should be simpler than a big company. Now, a big company has employees, and they can do it on their own. Whereas a startups, if you want to encourage startups and women in particular. It should be like a fast track kind of thing, you know, simple, transparent, quick, um, and yeah. uh, uh, no no hassle. And that will be inviting for women as well to be able to do it. But if you want to go and uh, you know have a stay within long lines and uh, having them all men over there, she wouldn't feel comfortable, honestly. So I think one of the recommendations that could be done is to have uh, you know a special window for entrepreneurs. Uh, in terms of the procedures. And I would truly believe that what should follow as well is a special law for small and medium businesses uh, and entrepreneurs to be able to encourage them. And that will help them in terms of incentives, access to finance, training, technical training, a soft kind of training, um, um, and also fast track in terms of uh, you know sh- registration and uh, uh, licensing at the end of the day. Um, I-, I wouldn't say this should be done forever for the startups. Startups are known like talk about like maximum five years, and then maybe if expanded, they can move to uh, another kind of line of uh, you know procedures. But at the very beginning, you don't want them to really think for long, uh, you know, how do I do this in terms of procedures? I mean, they should focus more on the core business that they have rather than thinking about what kind of procedures. All the details and all the steps. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it takes uh, them like more than 70% of the work at the beginning, whereas I think, should, I think that they should focus 70% of their work on the core development of the business rather on the procedures of the government and the other of activities. Of course. Yeah. So, um, Reem, we uh, we have so much more that we can talk about, given your rich experience. Um, but we uh, we also have um, a few minutes left, and I I want to wrap this up um, by asking you to share what we call the before you launch words of wisdom. Anything that you'd like to tell young women, in particular, but also young men who are in the business world, um, first of all, what, what would you say to the women, uh, those who are thinking about starting their own business or who want to grow an existing business? And what would you tell the young men as well? Um, and I'm focusing more on the youth here because that's yes, the next generation. Majority. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, they have to think that, um, I mean, opportunities in terms of being an employee uh, is very limited these days. Um, whether in the government or the private sector. So um, the best thing for um, a person to be able to um, 
you know, to have better revenue for and profit is to start their businesses. That needs courage, of course. That needs creative ideas. And that is persistent as well. Uh, but if they do that, they have to start with uh, reading a lot. And they have, you know, we do have several kind of windows that they can help them. Um, but they have to dig for that in terms of, you know, training, uh, providing ideas like, you can say, like, uh, you know, Oasis 500. We have uh, Intage also, they have workshops that they can help. The Chambers of Commerce, uh, they have also, I mean, it's, uh, they have to look for the information that they need to, before they start their business to be prepared. Um, I'm not saying it will be easy, um, but with more work and uh, clear vision, I think they can do it. And I think, the, um, let me tell you something. Recently, the, during the COVID, I had some extra time. So I did, uh, I'm now involved in the university. I'm doing my other BA. I had my master's, now I'm doing another BA in terms of law. Uh, to, you know, the law, law uh, I'm going to have a law degree. BA. Oh, wow. A, a law degree, yes. That's amazing. So uh, I, yeah, I do see, you know, they're all young there, you know, and of course I'm the, the eldest amongst the students. <laughs> I, I do see the energy they have, you know, the girls in the 20s and early early 20s and, the, you know, the late teenagers. I mean, honestly, they're smart. Uh, they know what they want. Um, I mean, they can tell you in 10 years' time where they want to be, um, but they need guidance um and yeah. uh, there are several areas in the country that they provide guidance for you know smart and energetic kind of people uh, they have to ask and if they ask i'm sure they will get you know the right answer and they will be supported to, to to benefit from their you know smart ideas and the vision that they have um you know it's really nice to be amongst young because they give you this kind of positive energy and uh you know, you can see hope. the future. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's really great to be amongst them. Uh, maybe they don't see that because this is natural for them. But for me, I do see that. And I'm very, I'm really happy uh, when I go to the university and, and be around them. They give you this kind of uh, energy that sometimes you miss uh, within the, you know, uh, with the community that I am with. So uh, I'm very uh, um optimistic that they will do better than we did uh, but they need uh, you know the guidance from the experienced people and they we have organizations that they can do uh, support them and for women it's uh, not easy to be a woman within the business community but uh, many people did it many people women people did it and i'm sure they can but they need persistence and they need to believe in themselves uh, they will need to work hard as well and at the end of the day we look at the women on board members, uh, number of women on board today, or in politics as well. It's not much. So this yeah. is good and bad. It's uh, good. That means there's more room for women to be there. Yeah. Uh, but they have to work harder than men to be able to get the seat. But once they are on that seat, uh, believe me, uh, they do earn it, uh, you know, the right way. And uh, I'm sure that they will make a difference. And I do see the numbers because once there are more, more women on the board seats of the business uh, companies, you will see more profit and uh, better course. decisions being done. I, I was there and I know I, I can tell you this, frankly. It's, it's really, um, I do encourage all the business community to have more women on the board with them it's a different kind of angle of way of thinking that will uh, you know they're not uh, that they're not just enrich, enrich the decision no and that will enrich the decision at the end of the day
absolutely. Um, thank you so much, Reem, for um, being with us today, for sharing your story and um, for your advice. Uh, but most importantly, thank you for the work that you have done and that you continue to do. Um, it makes a huge difference to have role models such as yourself. Uh, basically telling others um, through your experience that it can be done. So thank you um, once again for all that you do. Thank you so much for this. I really appreciate this. Thank you. This podcast is funded by a grant from the United States Department of State. The opinions, findings, and conclusions of this podcast are those of our guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the U.S. Department of State.